Hey guys, welcome back. Today you're in for a bit of a treat, you might say. At least I think you are. But before we jump in though, I want to say thanks to my sponsor, Keystone Labs. Whether you buy or grow cannabis for medical reasons, on the regulated market, or just your own for plants, cannabis consumers are becoming way smarter. You want to know things like THC and terpene potency, cannabinoid profiles, and all the rest. Well, Keystone Labs is a company that analyzes cannabis and provides full suite testing. These days, if you're at a store purchasing cannabis or online and reading the labels, it's very likely that the information you're getting came directly from the people at Keystone Labs. To find out more about Keystone Labs and the services that they provide, go to keystonelabs.ca or even better, just reach out to Stephanie Ostrander directly. She's the account manager there and she's amazing. Call Stephanie at 780-224-2793. That's 780-224-2793. She's also well worth following on Twitter. So thank you again to Keystone Labs. All right, today's podcast features myself, Nick Nedden, host of the Flower Hour podcast. It's a new idea for a segment where we essentially chat about what's been happening in the legal cannabis space on social media and beyond. Basically, we shoot the shit for your listening pleasure. Today, we're also joined by Lake City Cannabis owner and extremely nice chap, Ryan Roach, as well. Let us know if you like this segment, and if you have any ideas for Nick and I, reach out and let us know. And don't forget, you can also watch this video on my new YouTube page. Just search for Cannabis Update Podcast. All right. I hope you enjoy. Well, normally I say welcome to the podcast, but this one's a bit different. Uh, this is Nick and I getting together to, to do a little industry gossip and uh, quarantine-related talk since we're both <laughs> since we're both kind of quarantined in our own cities. Uh, how's it going? Nick? Yeah, uh, it's it's going well. Uh, this is uh, I, I said this on my own podcast that's coming out pretty soon as well. Is that uh, being stuck in quarantine. I read the book The Hot Zone by Richard Preston when I was like 12 years old. And this is like literally, I've gone to therapy for years for this, like this particular <laughs> thing. So I'm like, I'm of all of the apocalypse situations, I am uniquely prepared to handle this in a psychological way. <laughs> yeah. Strange how many movies they have on Netflix that kind of emulate this type of situation. And not not just movies, but documentaries too. My wife and I are watching a four-part uh, series right now called Pandemic, published mm -hmm. by Netflix about two years ago. And it's uncanny how much of what is happening right now is exactly in that documentary. Yeah, we uh we got my partner's parents to watch Contagion this week because they were they were a, a little laissez faire about what was going on for our liking. So we were just like, yeah, let's uh let's set up a Netflix date and let's make them watch Contagion. And uh, they their attitudes changed a little bit. You know what frightened me about Contagion because of course my wife and I watched that too a few days ago. It was when it got really ugly and people started getting robbed. And I looked at my wife and I said, well, I'm not a gun guy, but I'm like. Do we have like a baseball bat or something in the house? And I'm like, what? If, what if it comes down to this? Um, I mean, everybody has knives. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, just to set the table here a bit, in February before I went to Florida, um, mm -hmm. we were talking briefly and saying, "Hey, why don't we do something where we get together once a month or so and we kind of chat about the business of cannabis, the culture, what's happening on Twitter, that sort of thing." And um, it didn't happen because I, I just we pushed it right to the end, and for me, it just yep. I didn't have the time. And now with with uh, COVID nineteen, <laughs> we were like, "Well, we were going to do this," and, and podcasting's yep. kind of ideal in a way if you, unless you're doing it live because um this is perfectly safe this is <laughs> this is social distance podcasting right here 
Absolutely. Well, like I, and I, I really like to have the studio experience. Like I, I really like to do it in studio, but I'm like now being forced to do the thing that I like least about podcasting in a lot of ways, but I, I've actually really enjoyed using zoom. Like it's a little bit more to me, it's just a little bit better for this kind of format. So it's, it's, I'm actually enjoying it a little bit more than trying to mash a whole bunch of systems together. I've forced myself to start doing video for 2020. It was something I said I had to do. And, and not be, I mean, I'm an audio guy anyway, and I love my mm-hmm. audio podcast, but I realized not everybody's sold on the podcast train yet. And, you know, mm-hmm. you spend so much time getting these great guests and prepping and all that. And then you lose a certain element of the cannabis community or community at large um, because they're just not into podcasts. I haven't discovered them yet. So for mm-hmm. me, this is perfect. I want to do video just to have another sort of layer of content out there. But, I hear what you're saying. Well, you're much better looking than me. So like that's the, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't love being on camera. I did a, at Lyft this year, I did Jackie Childs's show and uh, I, I possibly imbibed a little too much before I went on <laughs> and I forgot, I forgot that you weren't supposed to look at the camera and you had to do things you shouldn't do things with your hands, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> all yeah. of that. So uh, I, I, I did. Being on camera is not my core competency by yeah. any means, yeah. but it's it, I'll, I'll work with it. It's fine. I'm good. So what's your quarantine life like right now? Are you actually doing a full 14 day inside your house? Uh, no. So I have uh, my parents, my partner's parents, and we have some elderly family members that we're helping out. So we're I'm kind of not every day, but most days I'm going out and doing a grocery run or I'm going out and doing that kind of stuff. So uh I'm very careful. I, I, I work in, I've worked in kitchens for a long time, so I have an ungodly amount of nitrile gloves uh, stashed away. Uh, and I just, I hand sanitize and I go out and I, I'm, I'm helping the people who are more uh, in jeopardy than myself uh, mm-hmm. right now. So I, as much as I would love to just stay in my condo for this entire time, like, I, honestly, that's what I would prefer. It's just... Uh, my brother has little ones. My parents are getting up there in age, and I just I was like, uh, I'll just be your kind of person on the go. Don't worry about it. Not an and option. Hof- hopefully, I don't get sick. Uh, hopefully, I don't pick anything up. But I'm quite. I, I I take my temperature multiple times a day. I I am a hypochondriac from birth, so it's. If I get sick, I get sick, but I will I will know that I'm getting sick. I was thinking that um, you know, we may have these like before COVID nineteen and after COVID nineteen sort of comparisons. And one might be before COVID nineteen, um, you wake up and you say, I'm hungover. And after COVID nineteen, you wake up and you say, I'm monitoring my health. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I have a bit of a fever or a headache. I'd better be yeah. careful because now we're so much more conscious about about these pandemics. Yeah, I, I, I've I've kind of lived my life with the uh, oh, what's that? That that's cancer. Like that's that's where my brain goes every time I feel a twinge in my body. Uh, but again, like I, uh, I've done the work to kind of get over those those kind of uh, things in my in my own head. Uh, those anxieties. Uh, but yeah, like I can, I can totally relate with the people who do not spend a lot of time indoors, and I can yeah. totally, like I, I, I understand this is this is not an easy time for people, and no. it's to me, it's about routine, yeah. it's about getting sleep, and I know that sleep is people are not sleeping right now, and I get it, but really focusing in on sleep, eating right, 
getting a little bit of exercise in, even if it's something that seems like a silly amount of exercise, those things release the proper brain chemicals for your brain to function. And you need that kind of stuff. I am not a doctor. <laughs> I like to put no. that out there, but, but at the same time, these are things that are important for everybody's everyday life. And if everyone is afforded a little bit more time to focus on that and understand that that's important, then maybe this is a little bit worth it. Yeah. Let's jump into cannabis in a second. I just want to end my thought by saying, I'm hoping that as a society gives us a real paradigm shift and we start to appreciate the little things, things like being around your family, uh, better communication, you know, and maybe a little bit less materialism because when it comes right down to it, if you're afraid for your life in a pandemic, you don't really give a shit about your fancy watches and all that stuff anymore. You care about yeah. food. You care about your kids, your family, um, you, you know, your pets. That's you, the stuff you that matters. toilet paper. <laughs> you care about toilet paper, yeah. <laughs> well, I had, I had Nick Pateras on the podcast yesterday and we talked about toilet paper in the UK. It sounds like um, they, have this, they have had the same issues. So I- I'm okay. I'm stocked up. I'm not like needlessly stocked up, but I've got enough, you know, for like a month. Well, like I've, I've gone around for enough family members that like I've, I've, I've shaved a little bit of volume off of everybody's order to, to I've taken, I've wet my beak. Um. <laughs> there you go. So I, always business development. It doesn't stop. Let's jump into cannabis then. Uh, one thing we wanted to talk about before um, when we were planning on doing this in February, um, it's not a new story anymore, but it's extremely bizarre. And that mm-hmm. is the story of Green Relief. You're familiar with that LP? Yes. Uh, so I, I back on the old podcast, I, I had had Warren lined up to be on the on the on the show, and it just never came together. It was one of those like it was always another another kind of two weeks, and it, it, nothing bad. He was nothing but delightful to deal with, but he really came off as a really nice guy and a really community oriented person, and mm-hmm. it it is is shocking. Like he he was one of the nice guys. So according to the articles that I've read, and there could be. I guess more contemporary news, but um, they had $59.2 million in funding, private funding, um, which is uh, now being spent, and $14 million of that is completely unaccounted for. Have those numbers changed? I mean, I ha- it's hard to sweep $14 million under the rug. Um, I mean, during startup, I you would be surprised at how money can flow in and out of a company. Uh, I don't know how what how they did it in this case. Uh, I know there was some property kind of wrapped up in it. Uh, the fourteen million number is still the number that is the latest one that I saw. Um, but it was there was one thing about an Airbnb, that, yeah. uh, which I found kind of shocking that uh, there were like any time that land deals get involved in these kind of situations where that land is there it's unclear what that land is being used for that that's one of those like well like that there was a it doesn't bunch, make any sense i'll put it that way there's a whole bunch of um elements wrapped into this story too um property um you know he used funds uh that were supposed to belong to the company to purchase the property in his own name and then he turned around and charged the company rent for the property you heard that story Yep, and then he locked his own employees out of the property because he said that the company owed him lease money, which is bonkers. Um, so I, I don't know them yeah. personally, and I did interview them, and they, they, like you say, they seem like salt of the earth. Like they seemed 
really nice. Um, she seemed like kind of like a environmentally friendly hippie type lady, mm-hmm. and she really pushed him to try to find uh, an alternative way to grow cannabis that was environmentally friendly. They were giving mm-hmm. fish to the local food banks. Um, it was a great story, you know. It and- was. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. Like it, it truly is. Like uh, I mean. When company, when you're dealing with this much money, the amount of risk that can be that money can come to is is incredibly high, and I mean it's high. Businesses fail all the time, and yeah. it's not an embezzlement thing. And I I've had the benefit of going through the due diligence processes on on cannabis projects, and the amount of due diligence that I've experienced, that I've gone through, and the counter due diligence I've done in the in this business. It's it, it's very involved. There yeah. is a lot that goes into it. So for this much money to go missing and knowing the amount of due diligence that goes into these kind of funding uh, ventures, it's 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 quite shocking that that kind of that that, that control was given to a company. Yeah, uh, and also that that much money went missing. It's it's pretty crazy. I think one word that uh, you missed also was just temptation. Um, mm-hmm. When you have access to funds that you've never even dreamed of seeing before, uh, it would be very tempting not to live a splashy lifestyle. And, you know, I don't know if I yeah. could do it. I'm not a dishonest guy, I don't think, generally speaking, but having access to that kind of money, those types of resources, would be a challenge for me. Fair enough. Uh, I I live pretty small, uh, so I I I'm not really big on cars or anything that like. I guess I could spend money on on wine and whiskey, maybe. But like, I yeah. just I I'm not like a big buying crazy extravagant things. Like, I'm I'm happy with my. 07 Chevy Malibu and uh, it, it runs, it, it gets good gas mileage. Like I, I just don't understand how people can get that wrapped up, yeah. but that's, that's just, and that's just me. But I, I also, uh, I, I've known a lot of accountants in, in my career and in actually my youth. And like I had it drilled into my head pretty pretty harsh that that if you if you steal especially in a corporate setting you're probably going to get caught yeah and it's just not worth it so it's just something that's never entered my mind just guess, purely because it was it's always been that's always been communicated to me by accounting professionals throughout my life i guess i'm just trying to play devil's advocate a bit i guess to try to 100%. understand it from that perspective cuz i think the temptation would be there um Okay, oh, so for sure. too uh, philosophical for sure. at this point. Let's move on to the yeah. next one, and this is a more contemporary thing. Um, yeah. An article published uh, said, I guess on Monday, 71 cannabis companies in Canada have written a joint letter to compel the feds uh, for funding at this mm-hmm. time because of the COVID-19 situation. Um, do you think that these cannabis companies should fall into the same category as small business in general? Is this, does this make sense? Uh, absolutely, it should fall in under BDC. I I think that this is a, a blind spot in that organization. Clearly, um, I also like I don't know if this is a stigma thing or if this is a we've seen this industry go through a lot of strife in the last eighteen months. Yeah, and extending more credit to an industry that has a lot of exposure, it, it could be that that kind of a calculated thing, but. What we, what I, I would like to see from this body of the government for the industry is is clear communication as to why our companies are not being included in this emergency funding. 
Yeah, interesting. Um, one stat I read was that in the last six months, 2,000 jobs in the cannabis industry have been lost. Now, obviously not just due to COVID-19, but mm-hmm. it's a tough time already. So this Absolutely. pandemic is not helping companies whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it just adds layers of complexity to every link of the supply chain. It adds layers of complexity to human resources and how those run within companies. Uh, a lot of companies are going to have to, go gorilla and really figure out how they're going to run through this. Like the attrition rates are probably going to rise. And it's not that people are getting sick per se, it's people who need childcare and can't, can't go to work. And it becomes really, really difficult. Like in Windsor Essex right now, we're seeing it in industry across the board. We're still producing in Windsor in a lot of cases because we we have flipped over plastics plants to doing masks. We've flipped over our the local distilleries are doing hand sanitizer. So, but what these companies are running into now is is an attrition rate that's pretty horrible because people have to go home and they have to take care of their kids. Yeah, and there just isn't enough daycare spots and. Uh, a lot of these companies are going to have to really figure out how they can run on a skeleton crew or they're going to have to figure out a temporary worker solution. And both of those things are very difficult. Well, I guess medical cannabis aside, the next pressing question is, um, is cannabis uh, an essential service? What do you Um, think about that? I mean, the government's already in Ontario, at least has already weighed in on that, that it is an essential service. Uh, I I think it is on on when it comes to medical especially is mm-hmm. it is essential. Um, now I am not abreast of exactly how the supply chains work, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but on a retail level, I think it's essential. I think it should be open. But I can understand the argument on the other side of that 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 the amount of risk and exposure of going into any retailer is too high for a lot of people. And I could see where people could land on that, but good business people can pivot and figure out different ways of doing business. And like, I've seen a lot of restaurants in my region really flip their business model completely overnight. Uh, I can see a smart retailer very easily flipping their business model to something, whether it's a click and collect or it's a delivery service, but the government needs to play ball with deregulating if that's the case, or at least for this time being deregulating. Yeah, well, I think I'm this gray area person because you know, 98.7% of my cannabis consumption is arguably recreational, you know. I don't really have a real reason. I do use, I do take the sublingual sprays for sleeping. Mm-hmm. That helps me. So there's a little bit there. Um, but my, I guess my thought is, I went to the liquor store the other day and I said to them, "You guys will probably be shut down pretty soon too." And they said, "No, we're an essential service." And I thought, okay. I mean, my kids' schools are shut down, but I mean, I guess the argument there is that kids together are going to obviously spread disease faster. Mm-hmm. Um, than responsible adults in a store of any type, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I also, and I, as somebody who worked in the industry, uh, in the in the alcohol industry for quite a while, uh, we don't like talking about it. But there's a lot of alcoholics, mm-hmm. and so that is for somebody who is addicted to alcohol. Being able to get alcohol is an essential service for those people, for those folks. And people don't really like to talk about that, but uh, inside the jar, uh, Amanda Siebert put out a uh, p- 
piece about the marketing of alcohol and she talked about how uh, there's estimates about uh, 4.7 million Canadians who are addicted in some way to alcohol. Yeah, well, <clears throat> we don't like to classify or to, to put labels on ourselves, but I, I guess I'm one of those people I do regularly consume alcohol, you know. Uh, but but regularly, regular consumption versus needed consumption are two different things. Mm, uh, there's a fine but, line there, though, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I regularly consumed alcohol for a long time. A yeah. very, very long time. And I I made that change for my health to drink considerably less. Like also, uh, I started becoming allergic to red wine, which crushed my consumption habits. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if I could still drink red wine, I still probably drink every day. But it's one of those things where I really need to, uh, I need to pick my spots when it comes to consumption. Yeah. I find right now with, with this quarantining going on, staying home so much, and loss of a routine, it's a lot easier to consume things. That goes for cannabis oh, yeah. and for alcohol. I mean, my cannabis consumption is. Yeah, I mean, you're you're yeah. bored almost. Like you're just like, hey, what you know? Let's watch a movie. Well, let's yeah. consume some weed. You know, it's happening to us for sure. I, I got Ryan Roach coming on. He's supposed to pop oh, yeah. for a meeting at any moment to talk to us about retail cannabis. I, I've sent him a couple texts saying, "Ryan, now, now." <laughs> so <laughs> it's a, it's okay. He's gonna pop in. He's gonna he's gonna add energy to the into the the virtual room we're all in, and it, it'll be good times. Yeah, there you go. So as for shopping protocols, um, mm-hmm. do you think that there should be extra stipulations, extra things put into place? Uh, for any type of store of that nature, you know, in Ryan's case, I believe he's taped the floor up, and he only lets customers walk up to uh, within the taped area. That's that, that's a good, definitely a good step. Um, I think having uh, I know it's hard to come by right now, but having hand sanitizer at the door is a another thing that I I at least have appreciated at the grocery chains that I've been going to is the ones that have made that choice to either have hand wash stations or sanitizer at the door are uh, definitely going the extra mile in a lot of ways. I guess you're only safe, uh, as safe as the people around you though. It's kind of like when you ride a motorcycle, yep. you're like ultra aware of everything happening, but Buddy in his pickup truck coming you know, perpendicular to you to a stop sign may not be, and you can get hit because the other person's not paying attention. Same with all these uh, precautionary measures we're taking with COVID-19. You know, Ryan opens his store, he's doing everything he can to be as safe as possible, and then someone comes in who's a non-believer and just throws it all out the window. Yeah, and I've I've definitely noticed that being out in, in public in the last week or so, uh, is that like there's a lot of people who are being very conscientious, and there's a lot of people who clearly they just want to go to the store so that they can stock up and get home. But yeah. then there's people who are frankly fucking shitheads who are acting like either they are in a zombie apocalypse or they're acting like there's nothing wrong here. And I don't know why you assholes are getting in my way. And it, I've sworn four times in the last like eight words. So you can tell <laughs> it does not make me very happy to see that kind of stuff. Because we we are a community, whether it's a larger community or a smaller community, we are a community, and doing things like that is like unforgivable to me at this point. Well, it looks like we have Ryan on now. Uh, he's just connecting to audio, and I, I can see his lovely face. Um, I think you have to hit the unmute button, brother. Oh, he's gloved up and everything. He's gloved. Um, well, if you can hear us, Ryan, can you give us a quick sort of scan of your store? Hang on, I can send him a little thing to get him on the audio too. Ah, there we go. How are you? 
I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We were just talking about retail, coincidentally. <laughs> How about that? So uh, can you give us a quick show of what you've done in your shop? Oh, cool. Okay. Um, we're working on more measures, but um, I'll take you outside. That's kind of the first step. Actually, first step is these little devils right here. Oh, yeah. So um, when with these. Now, there's a reason behind why we did this, right? It's not, you know, gloves leads to obviously thinking that you have a small sense of security. Well, you got to treat them like you treat your hands. But with the black, what you can do is when you sanitize your gloves, you can actually see exactly where you've sanitized them. Yep. So it actually shows you what's sanitized and what isn't. Also on top of that, hand wash station right outside the door. Use it when you come in, use it when you leave sort of thing. Um, we removed my glorious menus. You know how much I love my menus. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, so they're all just stacked on the side here with like just the sheets of paper. Yeah. Um, and they're in their little social isolation box on the floor. Okay, so what, what does that mean? You've got. I was just mentioning to Nick that I, you had tape, so people have to stay behind the tape. Yeah, the idea is they're supposed to stay behind the tape, but people still don't have that in their heads yet. So, um, oh, and I'm going to get a customer here. So that's all good. Hang out while I do that. Can, Nick and can I we can we help can we help the customer? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Make suggestions. What's going on, buddy? How are you doing? Doing good. We can edit this out too. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm? Oh, did you? Oh, do you know what it was? Oh, look at this. Watch him get. Watch him get robbed. <laughs> okay, I'll go grab it. Give me two seconds. It's okay. I just I just checked it a minute ago and I didn't see anything. So I'll cut ah, this whole section are. right out. <laughs> Zoom's amazing, eh? Yeah, it's, it's it's working really well. Um, it, it it would have been funny if it was like somebody we knew who had walked into the store. <laughs> <That'd be> great, <laughs> like Doctor Earl R. Oliver just walks into. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> Brad Martin. Wow, it's pancake nap. Coincidentally, uh, I had um, four or five couples on Zoom on Friday with my wife and I, and we were drinking okay. and consuming, and it was actually really hilarious. It was it was good, man. Yeah, um, All right, there's been like ongoing like photo wars between me and my friends, like just over WhatsApp or Instagram or whatever. And it's just like who can take the silliest photo, who can like just tag something as inappropriately as humanly possible. There we go. Awesome. Good to go. Oh, I love technology. So, Not good. So far, so good. Oh yeah, yep. Everything's fine. We uh, we're looking at doing a couple things. We might end up doing the flexi, like the um, grocery stores are doing. So, yeah, we're gonna look at that too for next. Pretty cheap solution. I'm trying to. I'm trying to trying to enlist the government to let us do delivery. So yeah, they don't give a fuck though. So <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you, and we're back with the Ryan is angry at the government podcast. That's right. <laughs> <Everybody>. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so we're back now. Um, we were having a laugh at you because we're watching you serve your customer. We'll edit that out, by the way, Ryan. Don't worry about it. Well, I, I warned you. I mean, we're, we're, in the middle, we're in the middle of the day here. so we're No, gonna... that's a good thing. We were saying, too bad it's not somebody we all know. It'd be hilarious. You know, you Brad know. Martin or somebody you know, right? like mm-hmm. Just walks on in. Oh, there's Barry Davidson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we found him. Um, so what are people asking you right now? What are the common things? Any different? Um, you know, people are worried that we're going to close. I think that's the common thing. Um, um, you know, people are stressed. Um, people are getting laid off in mass. Um, yeah, are, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's well, we're, pe- we're hearing a lot. Are people generally making larger purchases right now? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely much like larger purchases, much more um, engaged in that. What about price? Are people much more price conscious at the moment than they might normally be? It's getting that way. It's definitely getting that way. So, um, and, ah, beautiful. <laughs> it's, good. it's good that he's busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was funny. I, I, worked, um, I worked at the 17th Avenue Liquor Depot in 2008 when like, things went real bad and we were busier than ever. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Yeah. Lots of TLT. We've got these for now, but. Yeah. Those are really nice. They're nitrile, so they're not powered. Yeah. I went into his shop about a month ago to visit, like to literally, like intending to sit there for 45 minutes and chat. And Mike just had people in and out, in and out, in and out. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's a good problem. So far, so good. We could get deemed an essential service. So they, they did that in Ontario and whatnot. Could fall under alcohol. I mean, we don't know. Welcome right now. Yeah. Right now, I'm looking at uh, putting up the plexi shields. It's better to just get, get on that, now. Get that plexiglass that you can shoot through, but they can't shoot the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Be quite a clever invention. Oh, it yeah. exists. Oh, really? Yeah. My my cousin owned a custom leather store in Detroit. Yeah. And uh, he had this, he, he kept a 44 behind yeah. the till and he had a plexiglass green money would go in and then like he would literally have like an armed guard bring the merchandise to the yeah. person through the plexiglass. But the plexiglass was like so that you yeah, could shoot that one direction, but the bullets wouldn't come through at you. We'll get there. Okay. Another time. Okay. More time for you later. Yeah, that's fine. I really appreciate you, though. I do. Thank you. Let me know if there's anything you need. Okay. What does he do? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. IG's got my money. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, Marcus, we have a uh, six percent. They came back twenty year old, so so let's do this. We'll just go. We gotta go with it. Right. Okay. See ya. Ryan, when your customers come in, you're supposed to say, "I'm on TV right now. Go away." <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. It's a good problem. Good, good problem to have, though. <laughs> um, actually, yeah. I mean, that, that was actually a local, another local business owner dropping off hand sand for me. Oh, oh, nice. So, looking out for each other. So, uh, 
yeah, they can't operate right now. So we're all kind of backing each other up. Uh, so, so what's the deal with your products um, right now? Are you able to access everything that your customers want or has that changed for you? Um, I mean, well, I mean, if you guys were my Twitter stream yesterday, um, I'm getting a call. I'll call back. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> um, so if you went through my Twitter stream yesterday, I mean, we held on our order for this week, which is unprecedented for me and pains me. Um, Why? But we had no idea, right? Last week. I don't know if we were. Oh, you thought well, you $24,000 worth of an order. It was 24K. So for me to just say, hey, I hope I'm open next week and spend 24K, AGLC couldn't guarantee that they'd give me. Oh, God. So you're going to run low on supply I gotta make this call back right away. All right. Well, yeah, I guess- um, I'm okay right now. Can you can you guys hold on for a minute? You know what, Ryan? We okay. can just say goodbye to you from here. We got you. Yeah, we've been talking. We've been we've been relaying your brand message this entire time. Don't worry, man. So if you're in Alberta, yeah, if you're in the Calgary area, go to Lake City Cannabis. Woo woo. That's my store too. Loyal. Nick, are you at the cabin? Where are you? I, I'm in the condo. I'm I'm still in Windsor. Okay. Now he's yeah. coming back again. Okay. I gotta let you guys go. See you, brother. Thank okay. you. All right, Nick. Well, we lost Ryan. Maybe we should just yeah. wrap this up then. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we've I've, covered a little bit and kind of given listeners and viewers and I, yeah. a taste of what could come down the road if we keep doing this. Absolutely. I, I think we can totally do another one very, very soon. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in if you're in. I'm in if you're in. We have to come up with a unique name for this, though. We'll have to cut our podcast names in half and merge the two, the two graphics into one. I, I think we could do that. I, I let's smoke on that and get back to each other. <laughs> okay, brother. Thank you so much. Take care where you are. Uh, avoid uh, any contact with uh, strangers, and and hopefully we get through this in a month and have another talk. Yeah, man. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks to Nick for joining me on this new segment idea and to Ryan Roach, of course, from Lake City Cannabis for being such a good sport as well. Hey, if you have a product, a business or a brand and would like to reach all of my listeners, reach out to me and I will send you a media kit. Michael at distinctmedia.ca. Until next time, be safe out there, guys. All right, Amber, you're up. Thanks for listening to the Cannabis Update Podcast. We do our very best to be as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for inaccurate details or facts. If something interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but please take the time to research the details for yourself. 